London, England's Zach G. Wilson has joined The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming, Zach. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Dave. You have to tell me about including the G of Zach G. Wilson. That's got to have a purpose. Were people getting you mixed up with someone else? Um, not really, to be honest. You know, I, I mean, I think as an artist name, I started using Zach G. Wilson when I was like 14, 15. I was kind of going for like, you know, the whole Samuel L. Jackson vibe. You know, I thought it sounded cool. It's my mother's maiden name, my middle name. It stands for Gilligan. But I do know that there, there is another Zach Wilson out there playing football. So I guess... I didn't realize that at the time, but I'm thankful for doing it because it <laughs> distinguished us. It did. <laughs> now, I've seen you listed as being a British-American artist. How does the American connection come in? Um, so, my dad is from America. My mom is British. And I, I lived in America for like 18 months when I was a kid. But, yeah, it's just, just through my dad. Got it. Here's something I find odd about the Christian music scene. And that's the lack of love songs. Mm. In 2019, you did something cool with Taylor Made. It's this intimate love song that also ties into the love of God. Yeah. Safe to say that we're Taylor Made. Trust the Lord. Oh, there ain't no better way. Maybe you could tell us the story. Yeah, so um, I made a EP. It was my wife's 25th birthday, and it was the first birthday that we were together. And yeah, I wanted to make her an EP, but obviously we know that, you know, our relationship is centered around Christ. You know, he's the third strand in our cord. So it was, as the EP was for her, you know, I wanted to, I mean, it's the largest aspect of our relationship is having God in it with us, you know? So we, so it was just, it came about naturally when I wanted to start writing songs for her. It was just, um, yeah, talking about how we've committed our relationship to the Lord, how he is the foundation for the relationship and he's in it with us, you know, so I, I couldn't make a love song to her without involving the Lord in it. Do you realize how many points you got for doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had I had some messages from my friends being like, you can't do that. Like, you're making us all look bad. Um yeah, I, I mean, I set the bar very hard. We had her, her second birthday since being married, and there was no EP. But in my mind, it was a combination between a lot of things. It was her first birthday, us being married. It was also her 25th, which I viewed as a significant birthday. So, so yeah, it is a tough act to follow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was surprised by something that I read about you, and mm. that was that you deleted all of your previous music once you became a Christian. I did, Yes. Isn't that kind of like the old days, you know, where you're cleansing your soul by throwing your rock albums onto the bonfire? <laughs> yeah, no, I see the parallel. Um, I didn't do it instantly. Um, I got saved and I still had the music. And it was, you know, some of the songs had like 200,000 streams, which for me, at the le- like the level I'm at, is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kept them for a while and they were they were songs that, you know, I was making I was making some money from them, um, but they were discussing themes that it just wasn't glorifying to God, and I had felt that it would be best for me to remove them. But I thought that it was because of the the content was like not glorifying to God. But then I, I was trying to rationalize that with oh, but you know, you can people can see my testimony, people can see you know where the Lord has taken me from from darkness to light. You know, these songs were about drinking and about sex and all these different things and. But then I also thought, oh, because these these songs are on however many thousand playlists and all that stuff, people can find my music, um, and then they'll go to my other my new music and they'll be able to see Christ in it, and it will, you know, it could be like a way of evangelism. And I was praying about it, and the thing that really came to mind 
well, I wasn't supposed to delete it because of the content necessarily, because it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of where I've come from. I mean, in the sense of the old man is dead, you know, there's no condemnation for me, but I was viewing them. I was almost idolizing them. I was thinking, oh, well, these are on however many thousand playlists. It's going to help me spread the gospel versus actually surrendering my music to God, knowing that that's what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to remove them and that he could do bigger things. Or I don't have to rely on those songs and the playlist that those songs were on. But really, couldn't you be creating music for both music scenes? Could that be a possibility? Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of view my music as like, I've got some songs which I view specifically for like edifying the church. And then I have other songs um, which I kind of view more as, um, so I use like symbolism from scripture and different things like that, which I would use to obviously for like believers to listen to and to like vibe to, but also things that like can pluck the non-believers ear and be like oh this is kind of interesting this is cool you know the beat's cool it slaps and what does this lyric mean he's talking about you know uh spirit and he's talking about you know water and blood and like what does this mean and so the prayer is that like yeah there's some songs which is for the church uh specifically for edifying and then there's other stuff which you know could be intriguing to the non-believer then you're really aiming your music at a christian audience one of the things that I've started doing uh, is not necessarily having like an like an audience in mind. It's more just like I make music, like it's kind of an outpouring of my life. And since you know Christ came and He radically changed my life, like it's just what's been coming out, you know. But there is stuff that I know that people would listen to, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is, this is Christian music." But then some of the other music that comes out, it's about my relationship with the Lord, but it's it's I guess less explicit in that way, and so it could be less of a turnoff because I do know that, especially when I was not a believer, you know, you hear music that's just like Jesus, 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 and it can be a turnoff, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when there's music that's like, oh wow, like this has got this has got some really like profound imagery in it, or it's got some really cool symbolism, and then you know people can get the sense like, okay, yeah, wow, he's pointing toward uh, something spiritual, he's pointing toward this. Um, and then my prayer is that people would go through the lyrics and actually be able to be, oh, wow, that's that's cool, you know? I agree with what you're doing 100%. Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm glad. One thing I do know is that the music of Zach G. Wilson is breaking trends, you know, at least in the Christian music arena. Really? Because you have the coolest mix of R&B, soul, and rap. But you have to admit, that's pretty uncommon in Christian music. I mean, there there are a lot of people who, in my mind, do it better than I do. Um, when I got saved, I was just remembering the music that I listened to from when I was a kid, kind of growing up in the church and before I had completely left it. Um, and I actually, it was when I started dating my wife, she actually showed me that there is a music scene of, like, great artists who are doing, like, like, the Christian music is good, you know? I just, when I got saved, I thought, like, oh, man, I've got to listen to, like, cheesy, kind of corny music now, you know? I had no idea that there's such a vibrant scene. Like, even with, um, in Canada, there's, like, a bridge music, and there's some people who are doing some great things. You realize that your music ranks up there because the tagline of The Antidote is Christian music that doesn't suck. <laughs> oh, wow. But that's, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very flattered. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the R&B soul and rap. Is that style of natural for you? Um, well, I grew up listening to quite a lot of R&B, but also um, quite a lot of folk. So I think that's how I, I started. My first, my main instrument was playing guitar. So I would do kind of like acoustic folk, but the elements of R&B would kind of make their way into the music. And now that I'm, I'm blessed to be in a community of like really talented musicians and producers, 
um, so we can actually, you know, incorporate it less acoustic, but, you know, more kind of full beats and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, I usually gravitate toward doing kind of like a, uh, a folk R&B blend. So you're just talking about other Christians who are creating music around you. Are they in your church? Uh, no, no. I go to a very, very, very small church because um, I make music in London and there's the, the community of artists in London. I live 35, 40 minutes outside of London in Colchester and I go to a very small church. Uh, we're in the process of getting more young people there. Um, but yeah, there's no one in my actual church who's making music. I think one of the best examples of your sound is Water and Blood. Mm. It also delivers a message that's found really in all of your songs. It's always about being close to God. Mm. You've already spoken about this a little bit, but do no other topics come into the picture? Um, I mean, these talents were given to me by, by the Most High, and I want to glorify Him in what I do. I think there are some, like, for example, there will be some things like I'm working on a completely acoustic, purely worship album, which will just be like worship. Um, but I've also been in a season now of like making music that's like authentic and, and I want it to be like what I'm going through. And because God is the most integral thing in my life, he is the, you know, there's not a day that I'm not, you know, living with him. The Holy Spirit is with me always. So all of my music, even if it's not like necessarily worship or if it's not, um, yeah, anything like that, he will be involved in it. You know, he is the focus of my life. So I don't know if I would ever be, you know, making a song that's, for example, you know, I would want to make some music that could be like a political critique, but but my faith will always be there. You know, my relationship with the most, I will always be in there. I don't know. I'm not going to say never, but right now I don't see that happening. I understand what you're saying. You don't find that doing an acoustic worship album is a stretch for you? Nah, nah. I mean, in a way, in a way, it's almost going back to back to roots. You know, it's going back to how I started um, playing music. Obviously, you know, I wasn't making Christian music, you know, before I was saved. But I had started making acoustic music, and it's something that I felt like the Lord has been leading me to do for a while. Something I've been wondering about: Does breaking trance help to make you more popular, or are you really just doing whatever you want to do? Um, yeah, right now I'm just doing what I want to do and just having fun with it. I'm really blessed to be in a community of like really talented producers and musicians. So I can go into the studio and be like, oh, I'd love to make like a reggaeton track and we can do it. Or like, oh, I'd love to do like some kind of dark trap or, or something. I'm able to do that, you know, before it would be just be, I would be limited to acoustic, you know, but yeah, now I'm just having fun with it. Are you out playing shows or is this mostly studio work? Um... I am playing shows, yeah. So I gig in London uh, since the baby was born. So she's eight months old. She's born in July, and I've only been able to do like four gigs. <laughs> That's uh, not a surprise, having a baby. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, God willing, I'll be doing more gigs soon. Got some things in the works. Well, that's got to be a hectic time for you, being married and having a baby daughter. Where do you squeeze in time for your music? Um. To be honest, the first six months, uh, it was very much like rolling with the punches. You know, I've, I've, I feel like after six months, I've been able to kind of get a rhythm. I used to be in the studio in London like three times a week, and then now it's gone to like twice a month. Mm. But that just means I have to be much more productive when I'm there and have a plan of it. I've also now kind of set up my home studio, so now I'm able to be more productive and kind of 
work from home and send stuff into the studio. So it just kind of changed the dynamic, but you know, you just have to adapt. You can have your baby doing background vocals for you. Yeah, no, she's had she's been to the studio in London twice already, and we've actually got some like different samples of her kind of you know making funny noises, but we have yet to put them in a beat. <laughs> but definitely, definitely <laughs> we will. Well, something interesting is that there were two Zach G. Wilson EPs released in 2022. You had one in March and the second in August. And I mean, that's wild. But why wouldn't you just put out one larger release? Um, Because my plan was to actually have three EPs for that year. And there was uh, Be Strong and of Good Courage. And then another one, Do Not Be Afraid. And the third one, I Am With You. Um, That was my plan. But then I also... Um, started doing the Nocturnal Poetess EP, which was for my wife's birthday. That was a complete surprise. So uh. that that's kind of why. Uh, so there was my plan was to have like kind of three EPs, which would be kind of one project. But I was only able to release uh, one of those EPs, but then also the surprise birthday EP for my wife. Well, I do have to say that Nocturnal Poetess was the perfect title for that EP. Uh-huh. Because it includes this dreamy song called Daughter of the King. Mm. How was that inspired? Um, yeah, I just wanted to make like a, a, a love song to my wife. The whole project was just dedicated to her. When we started um, dating, it was funny because I would work late. You know, I was on furlough at the time. And so she was able just to be up late and she would just be spending time with the Lord and she'd be writing poetry. And so I would get a message of her being, oh, yeah, good night. And it's like four in the morning. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd wake up two hours later. And so I'd always say, like, oh, you're my nocturnal poetess. Um, but then with uh, Daughter of the King, it was just, you know, I had prayed. I had asked the Lord for one of his daughters when I got to the point in my walk where I really felt like I was ready for, you know, marriage and courtship and stuff like that. And I had asked the Lord and I'd really felt him be like, well, why, you know, why would I give you one of my daughters? And he was like showing me areas in my heart that were not in like submission to him, you know, areas of my life that I needed to work on. So then I was just kind of continued seeking him. And then uh, eventually, like in his timing, he brought my now wife into my life, you know? And so I, I do view her as like a daughter of the most high daughter of the king and and yeah, it was just, that was the, I think it was the first song on the EP as well. And I just thought it was a good place to start. How perfect that was. Yeah. How did the two of you meet? Um, we met on a Christian dating app during lockdown. <laughs> Serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we always say like, oh, you know, we wish it was like, you know, in a coffee shop or walking. And I bump into her on the street or something like that. But uh, yeah, the reality was I got saved in um 2020 and I, I got born again and I, I was just seeking god and then in january 2021 is actually when we connected on a dating. actually i sent her a message on a dating app and it's not a very it's like a christian one that's just not very good like i think you get like three messages that you can send and then you can't respond unless you pay money you know she'd had it for months and kind of stopped using it i think she gave up on it so i contacted her there and i got no response but i just felt drawn to her so i found her on instagram and i hit her up there and that's when we started talking <laughs> that's great <laughs> it sounds like it was a whirlwind romance it was i mean we kind of connected on the, the dating app and started talking on instagram at the beginning of january and we spoke and then we started speaking actually yeah i i had done the um <laughs> i made the the move of actually suggesting that we read a book together so we were going to read how to pray by c.s lewis so in january before we met she lived in a different part of the country than i did we were on the phone every day for like three or four hours for the whole month of january 
we met in February on our first date, um, and I knew I wanted to marry her. We were married in uh, August. <laughs> yeah, it flew by. I can totally understand that. My wife and I met, and nine months later, we were married. It's, you know, when you know, you know, you know. Exactly. Okay, now we're going to totally switch topics. The song Fear Versus Faith is one song that stretches boundaries. Mm. It has this Latin influence. Yeah. Was this meaning that you're just wanting to do something different, or is that another style that you're into? So when I was in school, I studied Spanish, and I, I loved Spanish, and I listened to some um, reggaeton music. But um, I had made a song with a French artist before I was a Christian, and it got some interest from these people like in sync companies you know they put music in tv shows and netflix and stuff like that and one of them had actually approached me saying um we love that song that you did with that french artist we're actually looking for other kind of like collaborations with like spanish artists and stuff like that and um by this point i was a christian and i didn't know anyone who was making music for the kingdom who was spanish so i was like you know what? i can make some myself so i made like four or five songs with my producer chris we submitted them all in, but they didn't use any of them. I think we, we, we kind of had taken too long in the Spanish song. The craze that they were looking for had passed, but then I still loved the song, so I wanted to put it on the EP. And also, it's just so different. You know, I wanted the EP to be really eclectic and have, you know, just songs of different genres. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was perfect for it. You know, if effectively, what I'd say about your music is that it is worshipful, mm. but obviously with a very different music style. Now, I got to say that I find many people really enjoy being stuck on the same old thing. You know, so tell me, have Christian listeners been accepting of what you're creating? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I don't have like a massive, massive following, but from people that I have, have reached out to me, they, they, they really enjoy the music. So that's really encouraging. And also myself, like whenever I find a Christian artist that doesn't sound like, you know, the typical Christian artist, I'm always very intrigued. So I'm glad to hear that people are intrigued by my music and what I'm doing as well. Then tell me, is having a big following even important? Um, at one point in time, I'm not going to lie, it really was. You know, at one point in time, it was it was very important to me. And I, I had, you know, before I was saved, you know, I had dramatically more listeners. And I thought, oh, well, now I'm in Christ and I've submitted my music to God. Now I'm at the place where it's like, it's worship, you know, and it's it's for God. And if he wants to use it to minister to tons of people, great. But the fact that he's that he's using it at all, and I get people contacting me and saying like, oh, you know, we love it, even though I'm, I'm only getting like, you know, 500 month listeners on Spotify. But the fact that it is ministering to people, I'm humbled by that. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I would, my main goal in life, like I would love to be used to provide for my family and preach the gospel. And if, you know, I would love for music to be the sole source of income. It used to be really important for me. I, that was something I really wanted, you know, and I always try and figure out different things. But now I'm obviously trying to be strategic and trying to grow a following, but it's not its not the most important thing. Now, I want to pull in something that you did on Be Strong and of Good Courage, that EP, and it opens with Heavens. Mm. One verse stood out to me. Depression, anxiety, my soul's way of reminding me that I'm thirsty, in need of a remedy. So are you saying that depression and anxiety is something you've had to deal with? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, before I was saved, I had really struggled with depression and anxiety. Um, anxiety, probably more so. I think depression would kind of come and go. Um, but yeah, no, it is something that I have, I have struggled with in the past. 
And what was the solution to that? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, the Holy Spirit just came in and there were so many things in my life that I just, I couldn't see a way, like, you know, certain things I just thought this was going to be my life, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, depression, anxiety was one of them. Like, even addiction to pornography was one of them. Uh, weed and just dependency on alcohol. For like, 18, 19 to um, the age of 20, I was working in a bar, and that was just my lifestyle, you know? And I was really, I was thirsty. I was looking for truth, you know? And when I was looking into all these different things, New Age, and briefly looked into Islam, and then Eastern philosophies like Buddhism, Jesus just, you know, snatched me up. Obviously, you know, I still deal with, you know, certain things, but my anxiety, my depression just fell by the wayside. And all those other addictions just fell by the wayside as well. So it's just Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Another time that you changed things around was on the song Supernatural Peace. Mm-hmm. You sort of dropped the big production and gave it a stripped down acoustic sound. Yeah. Do you have a preference from one style over the other? Um, I prefer the production side, to be honest. I think because I've been doing the acoustic thing for so long, I kind of just stopped doing it. Um, and I love the production and the beats and I like to show people that I can be lyrical and I can, I can rap and I can do these different things. But, um, people have just been approaching me with the acoustic stuff recently and they've been, you know, people, even like secular people who do the syncs, you know, they, they're very interested in my acoustic music. Um, I've had, um, even rappers approach me and say that they want to work with me, but they want to do it in more of the acoustic capacity. I've had people who actually come up to me and say, I want to shoot a music video for you, but I want to do this acoustic song. And I remember my wife was saying like, you know, sometimes you have to, um, instead of asking God to bless what you're doing, like do what he's blessing, you know, in the acoustic music, something was happening there, you know? So I was like, all right, you know what? I'll go back to it. I'll start doing some acoustic stuff again. So I've been sprinkling it in there. Good for you. Yeah. It's true. Sometimes an artist can be surprised by what appeals most. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I, I don't know. I, I was, I was kind of looking down on acoustic stuff. I was thinking, like, you know, I love to, you know, when I do my my worship, I do it acoustically, and when I when I spend time with the Lord and and you know playing songs, it will just be acoustic because I play guitar, you know. But you know, I always thought it was more intriguing to have the fuller production and everything like that. But um. But yeah, even like one of the most recent songs that I released, it got played on BBC Radio here in Essex. And that was just a completely stripped back acoustic song. I've been sending them music for years, even before I was saved, you know, production, big songs, songs I thought, oh, this is great. This is really commercial. This is great. And then they, you know, and they they play a lot of commercial songs, you know, and they wanted the most simple acoustic song that I've ever released. So I'm like, wow. That must have made your head explode when getting it on BBC. Yeah, I mean, it was very much like, I had felt like the Lord was wanting me to do, you know, just simple, raw, acoustic. You know, he doesn't need, like, you know, I always thought, oh, you know, this will help kind of get the message out there if it sounds, like, more intriguing or if it sounds more exciting or if I'm rapping or if there's, like, this big production. But I felt like, you know, he wanted me to do acoustic, and I was just ignoring it for so long. And I'm, I'm blessed to have a group of people in my life who who know the Lord as well, and they were they were kind of really subtly dropping hints like yeah maybe you should maybe you should do it you know maybe you should and then it was so funny that when i eventually did it got it got that exposure i was like ah okay (laughs) we should talk about the latest from zach g wilson and that's your new single wisdom and truth yeah i run the race i ain't never letting go never letting go never let go of me has there ever been a time where you weren't confident about your faith in christ there's things that like the one thing that i can never doubt is the holy spirit you know 
So there's times that I've been not confident in my my ability or my whatever, but because obviously I grew up in like a religious community before I was actually saved. You know, I grew up in the Czech Republic where there was a lot of like American missionaries and my family and I weren't missionaries. So we were kind of treated a bit differently by them. So there was a lot of like resentment against Christianity and just institutionalized religion um, and a lot of church hurt. So when I actually did get born again, I was saved and I just realized like, wow, this is all real. You know, I, I realized that there was still some residual um I don't know, feelings of inferiority. So I would also, I would have like this imposter syndrome a little bit, you know, because I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm not like these people. I'm not as holy as these people. or I'm not as whatever as eloquent as these people. The Holy Spirit would always just like, I, I couldn't, I could never deny him. So I've never doubted my faith because the Lord had just revealed himself to me in such a, like a, like a undeniable way. And there are times, you know, I go through seasons where things are a little bit more like mellow and relaxed and, or like, like I think, Oh, you know, is, is this, you know, where's God, but I just have to remind myself what he's done in my life and, and the intensity in which that like he kind of scooped me up, you know? So that's the one thing that keeps me very confident in, in my relationship with God. That's so cool. You know, something I was going to ask you about the future of your music, but I want to take a guess because I'm thinking that with you having a baby girl, have yeah. you ever given any thought to recording lullabies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, I mean, we do like every time before she goes to bed, we'll do like a little acoustic kind of um, just like a little worship session just to kind of get her ready for bed. And she, she's she's eight months now, so she'll like clap along and it's really cute. But we've got... um. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'll be doing lullabies, but I'll definitely be doing more, more acoustic-y kind of relaxed music. My wife and I are big fans of Josh Gorell's, and every time one of his songs come on that's acoustic, she'll like kind of look around like she's looking for me whenever I'm at work, and he comes on, on the speaker. <laughs> well, Zach, I want to thank you so much for taking time for a talk with the antidote. I really appreciate this. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Dave. It's been it's been great talking to you and getting to know you.